0: I want to look at a scripture that is kind of one of my favorites these days. It's Matthew chapter ten. Matthew ten is uh, it's the first time where Jesus kind of uh, sends people out, like he really quickly, like he goes out recruiting. Like that was his approach. Like he went out to where people were in their in the fields and along the in the you know like the fishermen. And the tax collectors, and like he went out. Um, he didn't have he didn't have a church. He went out on the streets, and then recruited people to join him in his mission out on the streets. Okay, and um, Matthew ten is where that's the clearest. And we want our our community to be like that, because we're uh, we're wanting to you know to be people that seek after people that really need God's love who are out there, who are at large, who are struggling. And think about all the people maybe that you know who've been suicidal, who have been running huge risks in terms of their drug use, or just uh, living the fast life, or, or, or maybe just being completely depressed too, right? And and so we all know people, like with mental health issues. Maybe we're some of them. And um, as we all go through things, and so I think what we want to be about is, is like empowering each other or receiving empowerment from the Holy Spirit to be able to make a difference in our community. Uh, because we pray, but when you pray, you got to be willing to like have be tapped on the shoulder because often the Spirit will give you an assignment, okay? Because God is a recruiter. He's like, okay, hey, um, I need you to go and call on this person or call this person or take that phone call. That where someone's trying to call you who you've been not 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 picking up on, or whatever it is, right? So check out this is Matthew ten, verse one. Jesus summoned his twelve disciples or called them to himself. It's another way of putting it. Um, and he gave them authority over unclean spirits. So unclean spirits those are like spirits that make us unclean. What what are some of the things that make us unclean? Like what would cause you to have an unclean UA? so an unclean we use the word unclean mainly regarding drugs don't we? drugs and alcohol okay but i mean there's probably spirits they even call them spirits right like yeah. you can get spirits and so are unclean spirits just like like the, Im- the impact of, of substances on us i mean they might be man those things are powerful right those those are powerful influences right like fentanyl man Math, you know, we so many things that can catch us, you know, kind of draw us into a lifestyle. Alcohol is one of the biggest, right? And uh, but other things, you know, there's so many kinds of addictions that, you know, probably all of us, if we came clean, we'd have we could make a big list of all the things we're addicted to. And um, and that's that's what it means to be a human is to be addicted in part, right? And um, but anyway, so Jesus calls uh, the disciples and he gives them authority. So if you're a disciple, which means uh, you're drawn towards Jesus, okay, that, that makes you a disciple. Okay, then Jesus gives you authority okay, to be able to cast out predatory, nasty powers that want to mess with your head, mess with your body, mess with your relationship relationships, you know, um, and we need to take the authority over that crap and not say, oh, God, help me. God's going, yeah, okay, I have helped you. I'm giving you authority. So, you know, go for it. Send that thing away from you, you know, right? And um, or um, and so there's stuff we can do, in other words, right? Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness every kind of disease and every kind of sickness for us to heal them? Yes, for you to heal them, for us. We are called to be able to just do that. And you're never going to see someone get healed if you don't pray for them. right? Um, Of course, we don't know why people don't get healed or like we were holding, I was holding the paws of our dog, Jasper, and laying down right in front of him and just looking right in his eyes and he still he still died it was super hard you know because you know i mean we are finite and everything has its time right so we don't understand why when we pray it doesn't always uh, work so to speak right but i'll tell you we've seen a lot of crazy healings beautiful you know situations turn around and i've experienced it myself i've been healed of cancer and of asthma asthma and of a nasal, you know, like blockage. And you know, it's crazy. I mean, when that happens, you're just like, whoa, how did that happen? You know, and it and it gives you a lot of hope. And when you see someone else get freed from some demonic thing that is just harassing them and, and it and it just goes away. Okay, like, man, that that's that's crazy when when something just leaves you because you told it to go away in Jesus' name, and then it's gone. You're like, wow, it's gone. Okay, so we, the only way to really know that that's true is to experiment with it, right? You can't just know it unless you see it, and and this is stuff we can see. Okay, so check this out. Um, Jesus sends out the disciples, and he sends them out as guests to go into to people's homes, to go to their, you know, the streets where they hang out, you know, the bushes behind which they sleep you know, wherever it is that they are, right, we we go to their home, Um, even if they're unhoused, we find out where they're unhoused, right, we go to where they are, and when they welcome us in, then it says we, you know, we give them the peace, we give them peace, you know, um, and we pray for them, and that's what we want to be about, and so Jesus says, it's not easy, It says, check it out, I, it says behold in my Bible, but behold just means check it out, Check it out. I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Okay. We're the sheep, not the wolves. Okay. And so that maybe describes why we're like intimidated to go out there and to be public about our faith because uh, there are wolves out there. There are people that are going to look at us and go, oh, man, you believe in Jesus? I mean, God, what a stupid person you must be. Like, there's people that really um, are down on, you know, anyone who's a believing person, right? And just think we're idiots, right? Okay? So, yeah. So, that's, it's tough. You know, people will judge us. Oh, you know, yeah, Bob, he's a hypocrite. You know, um, Gracie and Bob, they're hypocrites. You know, they say this, but then they do that, or they don't do that. And, you know, um, that's true. Okay? I'm a hypocrite. Like, I'm an imperfect human being, and I, I mess up, okay? And I need God to forgive me, and I need to ask forgiveness on a regular basis because I mess up, okay? So don't let people, like, call you a hypocrite. And, and I mean, you can't let them call you a hypocrite. You are one, okay? But you can, you can get over that very fast by just confessing to God and, and maybe asking someone to forgive you who you hurt, and then just uh, moving forward, right? So, but people are always saying that, like, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I'm not going to follow Jesus until I'm ready. Like, oh, give me a break. Are you, what do you, What does it take to be ready? You can just be in need now. And that's enough. That's all ready. You don't have to like be ready to quit all your substances of choice or whatever, right? And clean up everything. Like I, a lot of people think the only way I can be a disciple is if I just... Fix, you know, change all these things about myself, and I'm not ready to change. Maybe I'll ready to change this and that, but not that, this and that. And so then we think, well, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm just going to, you know, when I'm all in, I'm going to be all in. And so, but that's a big lie because there's no such thing as being all in. You're always going to be, uh, you know, uh, messing up. Take it out for me as an experienced person who's done it, who messes up on a daily basis after being a Christian since I was a little kid. Okay, like, Man, anyone that claims that they're any better than anybody else is just not walking in the light. We're all messed up, okay? The difference is, is that we're not in denial about it. We're just confessing it, admitting it, and then um, receiving our forgiveness from Jesus and getting that guilt and the shame washed away, right? We got to walk with that wash off of us. So he says, um, I send you out a sheep in the midst of wolves, so be as shrewd as serpents. I don't, know, well, I don't know what a serpent is, how they're shrewd. I guess they are. I was walking uh, in the on our land today, and I saw this snake. It was just kind of frozen looking at us. across down into this path. Right when I did, I heard this them talking, humans, but I, I didn't pay attention. I was just looking at that bug that I was going to eat. And so, but it was still pretty shrewd because it was frozen in its spot the snake, okay, so be shrewd as serpents, but harmless as doves, we've got to be on point, a lot of you guys are really on point, you know how to avoid, when there's, when you have an active warrant, if you've ever had a warrant, you know how to lay low, okay, (laughs) and so that's called being shrewd, as a serpent, it's laying low, keeping yourself under the radar, right, so if you're good at that, you're already one of Jesus's, you know, top, you know, sort of recruits, if you know how to, how to how to operate okay so jesus says beware of people because they will hand you over to the courts okay well a lot of you have already been they've been there and done that too right a lot of our people have been through the court system and so you already know what that's like i was um i remember one time in the jail i was with all these guys these so guys and i was like hey if jesus was recruiting people who were willing to like risk their lives to follow him where do you think he'd go do you think he'd go like up to the churches up on up, up by the hospital or or would you go to jails and prisons or like, where would you go if you were looking for people willing to risk their lives? And everyone was going jails, <laughs> right? The prisons, for sure, right? Like how many people have nearly, how many how many times have you risked your life, Ramon? A few times? I <laughs> would but I mean, how many of us have risked our lives in, in our pursuits? legal or illegal pursuits you know i mean probably a lot of us have right okay well somebody who's been um in the fast life in the fast lane or, has probably risked their lives more more than someone who's just a goody two-shoes goer all their life and never done anything never even gone over the speed limit right okay so anyway so Jesus says, um, beware of people, because they're going to hand you over to the courts and scourge you in the synagogues. That's the church. like they're going to get down on the church. Hikes. And they'll even be brought you, bring you before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them. But when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you're going to say. Don't worry about how or what you're going to say. Okay, so that's pretty cool. So in other words, God is on the side of those that are being handed over to the courts and we don't need to worry about what we're going to say because it says, um, for it will be given to you in that hour, what you are to say. It'll be given to you in that hour, what you're going to say, what you have to say. That's pretty cool. So in other words, the Holy spirit wants to reveal stuff to us to keep us out of trouble, to defend us. And he's going to show it, show us what we need, when we need it. And then, um, and it says, whenever they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. So if they persecute you in Burlington, flee to Cedar Willy. they persecute you in Cedar Willy, go up to Birdsew. they persecute you in Birdsview, continue on to concrete. Three right? counties. Yeah, or go up to Watcombe. Okay, anyway, it's kind of cool. You won't finish going through all the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes, until Jesus comes back to make things right. That's pretty hopeful. Okay, now, here's the part that I wanted to get to. Don't fear them, okay? Don't fear them. Don't fear the haters, okay? Don't fear the people that are the persecutors, the haters. For there, there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed. In other words, like, what does that mean? There's nothing hidden that won't be revealed. Don't don't be afraid because there's nothing hidden that will, that will not be revealed. Um, nothing concealed that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light and what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. Okay, so this I think is talking about um, how God doesn't want us to be afraid, but wants to reveal stuff to us that we need. Like for instance, when we're in trouble, like when we need someone to defend us, don't worry about what you're gonna say because it'll be given to you in that hour. So in other words, if it's going to be given to you, you, you've got to have your ears open, the ears of your heart, your spiritual ears open. And God will give it to you that. What's hidden is going to be revealed. Okay? And how do we get that revelation, like what we need, like how do we get the keys to knowing how to live our lives and deal with um, conflicts and relationship problems and people coming and in inspecting our place. Like how do we deal with all the different, you know, how do we get God's insight and in Revelation? Well, in Matthew 6, it says that, it um, talks about prayer. Prayer isn't about like being like the hypocrites who love to stand publicly and pray, you know, um, thinking that they're, they're going to be seen by people, right? That's what Jesus said. Don't be like the hypocrites. Um, verse 5, Matthew 6. But they love to stand and pray in the churches and on the street corners so that they'll be seen by people. Truly, I say to you, they have the reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room. Close the door. Close your door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So we go into that secret place. Nobody has to know. In fact... Don't let anyone know. You know, we pray when we're, it doesn't have to be in our room, we can be in our car. I do a lot of praying in my car. Okay, like, so go in your room and close the door. In other words, like the distractions that come into us, towards us, shut out, shut out those distractions. Because like, if you're distracted by text messages, by other thoughts, by stuff, then you're not maybe paying attention to what God wants to say to you. And so close the door to the distraction. And then it says, pray to your father who is in secret. Um, he sees in secret. But he sees you when you're crying out. He sees you when you're praying. And um, and, the, and he will repay you. So it's pretty cool. Um, you know, to reward you, it says. So we get a reward by God who tells us stuff. So I want to tell you an example of this. I was driving down to... WSR to the prison. And I wanted some revelation because see, revelation is also about God giving you a message. Like, you know, maybe you want to, someone's on your heart, like say, Larry, you want to visit Larry Preston in Marvin yeah. Mount, you know, or someone, anyone. And so you're thinking, what do I say to this person when I see them? I feel like I'm supposed to go visit them, but you don't really know what to say. You, you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you want to be a messenger. So you pray, you go in your, you, you pray to God, God, show me how I can say something that will touch that person's heart, who I care about. Like maybe you have a family member, or a, a, a son or a daughter, a sister, whatever, they're stressing. And you want to, you know, prophecy, prophesying is speaking words of encouragement that build people up, that come from God. So say you want to speak a word that comes from God that's gonna make a difference for somebody you can ask God give me a word so I was driving down WSR and um, I was right near Everett I was going to turn off to go on highway 2 towards Monroe and I had a Bible study to do I used to go every two weeks when they were letting us in before they closed WSR down and I prayed I said Jesus like would you give me a word for the for the inmates because I'm just bored of my little Bible study that I'm going to do I need something fresh show me what you want me to say And as soon as I asked that, I get this little vision in my head. I was driving, so my eyes weren't closed. And I saw a man with a tattoo, um, like no shirt on, and a tattoo of of a black heart over their heart. And I first thought, man, there's no way. I've never seen a black heart on anyone's heart. Have any of you seen a black heart tattooed on someone's heart? So I thought, I doubted what I saw. And I said, no. that. Why did I even ask God for anything? That's is so stupid. There's no way anyone has a black heart tattooed on their heart. So I said, but if that's you, then what am I supposed to say? And right away, the thought came into my head. Tell him that people see you as having a black heart, but I, God, see you as having a good heart and being a noble man. So I thought, why did I ask you for something, God? So I went through security. I got into the into the um, library where we met with the guys. And we had like 12 of these guys. A lot of them were MS-13 and Sudanian gang guys. And so I did the Bible study. And um, I was thinking, should I bring this up? Nah, I'm not going to bring it up. But I, I couldn't resist. I got right to the very end. And I said, by any chance, is there anybody here with a, a tattoo of a heart? On your chest. I did just to say a black heart over your heart. I said, does anybody here have a tattoo of a, of a heart on your chest? By any chance. And so the first guy says, no. It was all in Spanish. No, 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 no. Nobody had it until I got to the one of the last guys who was kind of the leader. He was a Salvadoran guy. And when I said it to him, he said, see. Sí. Yeah. And he pounded right over his heart. And I was like, you do? He was like, yes. I said, um, you have a tattoo of a heart on your chest, on your heart? And he goes, yes. And I said, is it a black heart by any chance? He goes, yes, see. And so then I said, okay, um, Then I feel like God wants me to tell you, people see you as having a black heart, but God says he sees you as having a good heart and being a noble man. And he just, his, his head just kind of went back and he, then he, he regained, you know, his normal state. But the guy next to him, who was his cellie, said, uh, "Esta es una palabra profética." That's a prophetic word. And so then I was like, "So seriously, you have a heart on your chest?" And he whips off his shirt, and he had this heart <laughs> organ tattooed right over his heart. Okay. So then I couldn't talk to him about what that meant because it was in front of everybody. So two weeks later, I came into the prison. And I talked, the guy sat next to me and I did my Bible study. And he whispered to me, he says, man, that's crazy what you said. Nobody could have known that. And I, people do see me in my country as having a black heart because I've done a lot of evil deeds. And I've had a black heart. But I was trying to turn my life around and follow Jesus. But I was doubting that anything that God was seeing me as changing. And I was ready to quit everything right when you said what you said. And that turned my whole mind around. And um, anyway, and so thank you for sharing that because that's just crazy. It's just crazy, crazy, you know, and so I went, wow, okay. Then I didn't see him for a whole year because he got a job uh, in the in the kitchen. And I thought, oh man, I wonder whatever happened to that guy. Then he comes back a year later and he introduces himself. And he said, yeah, I was here a year ago and, and you know, uh, <laughs> He mentioned what i would said to him and how that had changed his whole you know made him and given him hope and he'd been reading the bible and studying and training preparing to get out and he's going to be deported back to el salvador and he wanted to be a pastor but i mean that to me blew my- what i have to say was, so it says Go in your room and shut the door and pray your father who's in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Okay, that's pretty cool, huh? So God wants to give us revelation for ourselves, not just for other people. For ourselves, but also so that we can carry a message that brings hope to other people. And I want to look at one more thing, two more things about this. Like, it's super cool. I was looking up the word hidden. You know, what is, what's hidden, what's concealed will be revealed. And what's hidden will be made known. Okay, there's four places where that occurs in Matthew. And I'm just going to read them because are really cool. Like, first one is Matthew 5, 14. And it says, um, you are the light of the world. Okay, You are the light of the world. So we are the light of the world. Jesus says about himself, I'm the light of the world. But he doesn't just say, just me. He's like, Mike, you're the light of the world. Like uh Linda, you're the light of the world. All of us, you know, are the light of the world. I don't know if you guys ever sang that song, This little light of mine, I'm the light of shine. now, yeah. Right? But it's like we are the light of the world, okay? And then it says, um, a city that is set uh, that it's on a hill can't be hidden. Okay. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lap, but on a lampstand, so that it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So that's the first one. Like, don't hide your light, right? Your light isn't supposed to be hidden. It's supposed to be like visible, but it's fear, it's fear of people that make us hide. A lot of times, we're afraid that people are gonna be down on us and think we're a hypocrite religious person, you know? And so a lot of times that's the problem. We're afraid, okay? But that's what Jesus says next. Um, he says, don't be afraid. Okay, listen to this. Right after this, he says, um, what I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light, and what you hear whispered in your ear, upon the housetops. Don't fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. Don't be afraid of anyone. So what? Someone does the worst possible thing to kill you. Don't be afraid of that, okay, because... Because you're in good hands. You've got the Father in heaven who's, who's got your back. Okay? So look at the second text about hidden things. This is uh, Matthew 11:25. 25. is super cool. Some people think the only ones that get the revelation are the fancy religious people with all the education. But Jesus says the opposite right here. He says, um, what did I say? Verse 11, chapter 11, 25, 25. Thank you, Chucky. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent. Yes, Father, for this was well-pleasing in your sight. Oh, I know, it says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and intelligent, and you've revealed them to, to infants like so if we're if we feel like we're just a baby maybe we feel like i'm a baby disciple you know, i'm a baby christian or like i'm a i'm a you know i've relapsed out of my faith and in, back into the world and now i'm just kind of re-entering again as a baby as a baby like i'm starting my clean date over again right now right okay so so you're a little baby in recovery or a baby christian but god reveals to babies right you don't have to be like a and you know, clean for so many years or Christian for so many years. No, you qualify right now. Okay, you qualify to get revelation. God wants to give us revelation, but I want to see our community be a place where we're, we're all hearing from God for ourselves and for other people, right? Because when you pass on a message that comes from God, it touches people, it really does, right? And you can do it. I remember, um, we um, were with Jason. And Jessica and we were uh, talking to this guy who was uh, behind um, Safeway against the bank there, and he was this homeless guy. And I was asking what his name was, and he gave me this fake name. And then Jason comes up and goes, "Hey, dude, you know?" He starts talking to him, and he asked him what his name was, and the guy told him his real name. And then Jason said something to him, "Hey, man, can we pray for you, you know. Do we, you, you know." And then he said, "God healed the pastor here, and he can help you, and and." Jason instigated the prayer and then the guy uh, it's like he just woke up and he said God is close to the brokenhearted and hears the cries of those who are crushed in spirit he just recited this text in Psalm 34 and it was just like but it all happened because Jason kind of knew how to reach this guy it's crazy okay so one more text but isn't that cool? God hides from the wise and intelligent and reveals it to beginners. That's another way of saying infants. Like you can be a beginner, and you qualify to get God to tell you to, you know, give you revelation about stuff. Okay, the last one, uh, thirteen forty-four, Matthew thirteen forty-four. You know, a lot of people go to the casino, and I totally get it. Like just the possibility of making it, make of striking it rich, you know, just having those things line up and then hitting the jackpot. And that would be so sweet, you know, for sure, right? Okay, but we don't think of, we don't usually think of faith as the same way. We don't think I could strike the jackpot and hear from God or be touched by the Holy Spirit because we don't believe, we're kind of materialist the way we think it in America. We grow up thinking that money and things are where it's at. Okay? But the thing is, we can strike the jackpot when God speaks to us, and and it's crazy. I mean, you you can when God's speaking, your heart is on fire. Okay, and so check this out: um, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. Okay, imagine if you knew that there was treasure hidden, say, along a uh, highway, t- uh, just over behind, uh, you know the, um, you know the t- Toyota place on the road that goes along the dike, you know, where there used to be a migrant camp. Say you knew that there was treasure hidden there uh, because one of the migrants used to be a drug dealer and had like $100,000 cash in a big safe that was underneath this cabin. Would you guys go looking for it? Who would be the first to get there? If we knew it was there, right? Okay, so wouldn't that be amazing? $100,000 in a safe buried underneath one of those old cabins all ripped out. Right. Okay. Well, do we believe that God has treasure hidden for us that is actually, if we found it, it would change our lives? Treasure every day. I believe that. Yeah. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. And for joy over it, he goes and he sells all that he has and buys the field. That's pretty cool. So it's like God wants to excite us so that we're willing to give our whole lives. You know to um, to follow Jesus and to, and to be hungry for the revelation, okay, for the stuff, the truth that sets us free. So, just in conclusion, if we go back to um, Matthew ten. It says, um, "The one who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. The one who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me." We got to love God and Jesus like as the highest, highest thing, the highest power. The highest power, right? You know about higher powers. We got to put the highest power in its highest place, right? Which means that our highest power, your higher power can't be Jason, probably, right? Okay, it's got to be someone, and my higher power can't be Gracie. Okay, I've got to have a higher power above everybody. You know, the Father of heaven, Father in heaven's got to be the highest power, Jesus, the Son. Okay, so it says, he who loves father and mother more than me. He who makes your father and mother the highest power, higher power is worthy of me. The one who makes love, makes the son or daughter their highest power is not worthy of me. And the one who, and the one who does not take up this cross and follow me is not worthy of me. In other words, there's a sacrifice. The one who's found his life will lose it. And the one, you know, like the one who says, yeah, I've I got it made, you know, I've made it. I, I got it made in the shade. The one who has found his life will lose it, but the one who's lo- lose, has lost his life for my sake will find it. Like we're willing to lose our life, our normal way of thinking how we can make our life successful. We're willing to surrender that to the service of like, like selling everything we have so we can buy that field that has all the yeah,
1: treasure buried in it,
0: right? Like like if we give our lives over to, to, this, to Jesus and his way, we're gonna find our lives. We're going to find our lives and, and that's where the meaning is going to be revealed to us right so anyway that's what i wanted to share so let's pray for god i just pray that you would inspire us to want to be seekers of, of treasure that you would um help us to go into the our rooms wherever whatever that looks like close the doors whatever that looks like and meet with you in secret you see us in secret Thank you. We don't have to be, like, publicly religious. We can just be true um, hidden believers. But I just pray that we would be open to hearing your message, and we wouldn't be afraid to share it with the people that you wanted us to share with. Just pray for strength for all of us, and inspire, inspire us, and just mobilize us so that we can um, reach other people. pray in Jesus' name. Amen.